Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. SmarterPodcasts.com. Delivering sound advice. If you're listening to me now, chances are you have elevated your dog or dogs to the status of treasured family member. That is why you will probably be interested to hear about pet-friendly restaurants. Hi, I'm Joanne Green, and welcome to Good Dog, where today I'm pleased to be speaking with Josh Clark and Chuck Bryant, hosts of the podcast Stuff You Should Know. Josh and Chuck, be honest with me. How crazy are you guys when it comes to your dogs? Uh, I am fairly crazy, mainly due to my wife, but I am a big dog lover, and so she's kind of rubbed off on me in that way. It happens. Yeah, my dogs are definitely part of uh, my family. They're pretty much my kids. And uh, based on, you know, you've heard the theory that uh, how your dogs turn out will be how your kids turn out. So I'm really, really frightened about having children. (laughs) You know, it's good to start on dogs and practice with them. But that whole thing about putting the food in the bowl and putting the bowl on the floor and walking away just doesn't work with kids. Right. No, no, it does, but they usually get in trouble. You know. It can be a problem. But, you know, taking them out for a walk, it's a good idea for both kids and dogs, I think. Yeah. So you don't, you guys have any crazy anecdotes like just to show us just how over the top it can get? Um, I don't have any crazy stories. I could show you some vet bills that are, um, I would put in the category of fairly crazy. Uh, spend a lot of money on the dogs um, every year at the vet, of course. We all do. We, that's why that's why insurance is a, probably a very good idea, but I, I do have to admit I haven't done it yet. I haven't either. It's Wait, like, we're supposed to take our dogs to the vet every year? Oh. you got to <laughs> you, you gotta talk to each point. other more. <laughs> Definitely. So pet-friendly restaurants in Europe, in France anyway, you can bring your dog to dinner. Well, what's up with the fact that you can't do that in the United States? Uh, can I take this one, Chuck? Feel free. Uh, well, we have things called health coats. That's, uh, that's details, much, details. But they pretty, stay on the floor, so that's our shoes are on the floor. You know, if people can be responsible and make sure that their dogs have done their business before coming into the restaurant, I've never understood why. I, I agree, um, and I think that one of the one of the reasons why um, some restaurants don't allow pets, um, you know, to, to to come by and maybe have a meal, is because there's probably uh, a bad experience somewhere in the restaurant's past where they maybe allowed that. And, uh, of course, there's no uh, bad pets, just bad pet owners. And perhaps somebody didn't let the dog do their business en route. And, um, you know, yeah, our, our shoes are on the floor, but very rarely do our shoes, you know, urinate. That's a good uh, point. Now, these are just local health ordinances. Really, there's no federal law in the United States that restricts animals from restaurants, as I understand it, right? 
That's correct. Uh, it usually comes down to, to state and local level. Um, I know one example in the article was uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, requires restaurants if you want to have your dog outdoors, like on the patio, um, you have to have a permit. And that those restaurants, there is a Florida law requiring that each table have hand sanitizer. So, But that's just that one particular locality. In general, more and more are restaurants that have outdoor areas, outdoor seating areas, allowing dogs? That, that definitely seems to be the case to me, especially in um, more temperate climates. Uh, it's just kind of a, a pleasant way to spend an afternoon, you know, sitting on a patio with your pet. And I think it's in the restaurant's best interest to allow that so long as, you know, there's, there's no disturbance or anything like that uh, because it just generates more business. There are some restaurants that have actually put items on the menu for dogs, right? Yeah, there's a place called the Park Bench Cafe in Los Angeles. Of course it's in Los Angeles. Yes, you know, home of dog lovers everywhere. Um, Where and dogs are jewelry, basically. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say um, this because I'm in San Francisco, safely uh, yeah. 800 miles away. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say, do you guys do you guys carry your dogs in little bags? Up we do there? not. We do not. Okay, good, good. Uh, but yeah, in Los Angeles, and possibly because of the, um, I guess, accessory pet trend, uh, the the, um, the Park Bench Cafe has a, actually a separate menu for pets, um, things like turkey burgers and. Um, uh, four slices of bacon, I think, is an entree. You know, any dog could love that. And what's surprising, though, is not that they have a pet menu, but that the prices are so reasonable. It's like seventy-five cents to uh, just under two and a half dollars for an entree for your for your dog. So that's kind of staggering to me for Los Angeles. I would think I, I so. I think I might order off the pet menu. Actually, that's there four you slices go. of bacon sounds <laughs> yeah. pretty good to me. For seventy-five on- cents, I think you're on. Definitely. Now, there are etiquette rules that people should observe, as you say, no bad dogs, only bad owners. And we don't even say bad. We say bad behavior, right? Right. Agreed. Um, yeah. I, I was going to initially, when I was thinking about this, was going to say that you should uh, employ the same rules as you do at home if you're out. But that's probably not the best idea because a lot of people at home don't, um, you know, they'll feed their dog table scraps and let them jump up at the table and stuff like that. So I think you should... Um, Use pet etiquette, dog etiquette, even uh, at a greater degree than you would in your own home. So no begging, no jumping, no barking? Absolutely not. Definitely no eating off the table, right? Right. And also you want to make sure that, you know, your your pet's vaccination tags are visible and on their collar. Um, And it's also probably a good idea not to depend on the restaurant to have, um, you know, a bowl of water or a bowl for food and bring your own. I'm pretty much, as Chuck was saying, you know, kind of, step up the good behavior a little bit, kind of like how, how you would expect your children to act at a restaurant, except, you know, they don't have to wear vaccination tags or anything. Right. People just make assumptions. Yeah. Sure. You kind of tend to think, you know, well, that child looks healthy. It's probably inoculated. Are there generally areas of the United States that are more pet-friendly than others? I think I live in one of those. If you walk down a street in most towns in the San Francisco Bay Area, there are always a couple stores that put water, you know, little dog water bowls out in front of the restaurant. They have little hitches where you can tie your dog up if you're going to come in. Some stores allow you to bring your dog. In fact, Macy's here. I don't know if that's a national thing, but you can go come and shop with your dog now. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I know Atlanta, uh, my personal experience with Atlanta is that it's uh, pretty dog-friendly, and especially the area of town where I live, um, certain restaurants are known for allowing dogs on the patio, and they'll have uh, dog bowls um, of water out for the dogs. And, you know, once the restaurant kind of gets known for that, you're going to see 
four or five, six dogs up there during uh, dinner time. I've also always noticed college towns tend to be much more pet friendly than than any other kind of town or city. True. Um, and, and Chuck and I both went to the University of Georgia in Athens, and you can pretty much take your dog absolutely anywhere. Uh, and and where Chuck lives, also, it, it's almost like an extension of that kind of um, that kind of lifestyle, that kind of living. It is. Uh, so yeah, you can kind of find that, especially when a lot of people who uh, who went to school in a college town settle in the same area, you start to kind of see that trend, I've noticed, of of, a more pet-friendly attitude. Got it. There are, by the way, a series of websites, and we will post them on um, the Good Dog blog that help you find restaurants that are more pet-friendly. And in general, information about travel. So we do have a couple minutes left. Let's talk about travel. What are some of the things to avoid when you're traveling with a dog? Um, my suggestion is not to move two cats and two dogs from Los Angeles to Atlanta. Did you do that? I did that, and uh, we rented a minivan just to carry the animals. Uh, my wife drove that, and I drove the moving truck and towed our car. And um, it was a miserable, miserable experience. I'm not going to lie to you. Who did worse, the dogs or the cats? Uh, well, the cats were pretty chill in their crates, um, so that wasn't too bad. The dogs got very car sick because, you know, usually the dog, when they get in the car, thinks they're going someplace exciting and they will get there quickly. So Los Angeles to Atlanta, a four-day trip, was was not fun. I mean, but I won't say you should have stayed. Yeah, so and, I, and I won't say you should have stayed in Los Angeles, definitely. No, it was, it was a welcome change. It was good to be uh, moving back home for sure. But better to drive your pets than to ship them, right? That was not an option for us because of expense and uh, my wife – would not allow our dogs to be carried under the belly of a plane for any reason. But it can be done. It can be done, and I'm not saying you're a cool owner if you do that, but my wife pampers our dogs, and she thought they would be too scared and uh, suffer suffer from it. Can you tell us a little bit about how it works to ship a, a dog? Uh, well, yeah, I can actually. Um, the, most airlines, most commercial airlines, actually do offer um, a, a pet cargo carrier fee, um, and, and I, I wrote a little bit on this and was um, surprised to find that actually if you have a pet carrier um, that is small enough that it will fit under the seat in front of you like a carry-on bag and your pet can stand up and turn around in it, you can actually bring your pet um, into the cabin uh, like that so, uh, for an extra fee. But uh, when you actually ship your dog, they treat it as cargo, and that's when prices start to get up. So, uh, some it's another major... argument for having a small dog, I think. True. I think, I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like $50 for that fee, and if you ship a, a, a pet as cargo, it, it gets into the several hundred dollars. And what's worse is they're, they're actually treated like cargo. They're put into the cargo hold, um, you know, and depending on the flight, probably with a lot of other pets. And it's probably not a pleasant experience. Um, you, you would think that you should, you know, maybe sedate your pet, but that can actually be dangerous, especially if very short-nosed or uh, short-muzzled dogs, like, say, a pug, uh, they can have breathing issues as, as it is. And when they're sedated uh, in a slightly thinner atmosphere, they can actually, you know, have trouble breathing and possibly die. So there's, there's actually, I think the way Chuck did it, the chances of them getting in a car accident may have been higher than the chances of, uh, you know, the dogs falling out of the sky in an airplane. But uh, it seems a lot safer to, to actually just travel with your dog with you rather than ship it ahead. Well, sure, and it certainly reduces the dog's anxiety. Sure. But Let's the chances also of me taking a left turn at Texas and heading north to Canada uh, were also great. So <laughs> there is that risk as well. And they wouldn't have cared, right? 
Oh, the dogs, they would have missed me. My wife, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your podcast. What, tell, tell us uh, about uh, stuff you should know. Josh? Chuck? <laughs> well, it's a little old podcast that we do here for HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, we've got uh, a lot of fans now. It's kind of odd. People have kind of caught on to what we have to say. We generally take articles from our website that are the most interesting and explain them in uh, great detail as only Josh and I can. So which, what's the most recent episode? Oh, uh, how, does, how Can I Stop Junk Mail, which Chuck and I both agree is uh, not, not our best. Uh, probably our most favorite recent episode was um, Going Over Niagara Falls in a Barrel. True. Can You Die of Fright? That was, can You Be Scared to one. Death? That was a good sure. one. But, um, but personally, I want to know how to stop junk mail. Well, actually, there's, there's several steps you can take. Um, and if you go on to, if you go online, oh, I can't remember the website off the top of my head. There is, um, there's a the way to Green stop. Dimes? Well, Green Dimes actually is a service that will handle stopping junk mail for you. Right. Um, and, but you can do it for free uh, yourself. It takes a lot of legwork, but there's, there's, since the advent of the Internet, there's sites that you know, centralize uh, credit reporting agencies so you stop getting um, you know, pre-approved credit card offers that people can steal your identity with. Uh, there, there's actually a series of steps. I, I would recommend if you really are interested in um, listening to our podcast, uh, How Can You st- Stop Junk Mail? Excellent. And we can find your podcast on iTunes and anywhere else. It's what, How Stuff Works? Yeah. It's most predominantly found uh, on iTunes, I believe, or eat more more easily, I think. Uh, and it's all free. I order 80 or 90 episodes. Yeah. So just press subscribe and sit back and wait about three hours, and then you can start. Excellent. Thank you both for being here today. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Joanne. Woof, woof. Josh Clark and Chuck Bryan, hosts of the podcast Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. I'm Joanne Green. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.